Hello and welcome to Muppetsational, the Muppet Show podcast, hosted by three huge Muppet fans. Join us each week as we dive into an episode of Jim Henson's classic variety show, now finally available on Disney+. This week, it's Season 1, Episode 15, starring the liberated Candice Bergen. It's time to get things started on the chronological, explorational, conversational, Muppetsational! Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Muppetsational. I'm Lewis Chandler. I'm Jay Turner. And I'm Emma Chandler. And we are here this week, as we are every week, to discuss another episode of The Muppet Show. Jade, why don't you give us a little production information for this week's app? Of course. So, this episode was originally broadcast on the 14th of November 1976. So we're going back in time from our last episode. Um... <laughs> yeah, Lewis is shaking his head and yeah, same, but hey ho, let's just go with it. Um, it's so confusing. <laughs> uh, the main thing is that at least Disney Plus have got, you know, this production code thing down. So the production code lists it as the 15th episode made and therefore it is episode 15 on Disney Plus. Yes. As with all of the other episodes... After the original two pilot episodes, this episode was written by Jack Burns, Mark London, Jim Henson and Jerry Jewell and directed by Peter Harris. Yeah, Emma, I know you are very, very excited about this week's guest. So I am. <laughs> would you like to share some information about Candice Bergen with us? I will. Thank you, Jade. Yeah, so Candice Bergen is actress, a photographer, and as Kermit said, a well-rounded person. <laughs> um, she's won five Primetime Emmy Awards, two Golden Globes. Um, she was on a CBS sitcom called Murphy Brown, where she was the lead. She's been in countless films, to name a few. My favourite film, Miss Congeniality. <laughs> yes! Yes! You're one in a million. Oh my God, such a, a classic. Lifetime. I love that you film make me the so much. Stars above us. <sighs> I really want to watch Miss Congeniality. Excellent film. <laughs> Um, she also has a really cool Instagram called Bergen Bags where she like paints on handbags Ooh. and stuff and then she sells them for charity. Oh yeah, she like defaces expensive bags. <laughs> it's worth it. They're very cool. And also recently, um, which I think is going to be a really cool film to watch when it actually eventually comes out. In 2019, she was on the QM2 cruise ship with Meryl Streep and they like basically filmed a film whilst they did a transatlantic crossing. So I just I think Ooh. that's going to be really awesome to watch whenever it does oh, come out. It's, um, oh, it's it's also got oh what's her name? Um, she's the mother in Edward Scissorhands. Diane Weist, she's in it too, and uh, Lucas Hedges, who just seems to be ticking off like gay icons that he's working <laughs> with, like literally <laughs> Meryl Streep, Candice Bergen, Diane Weist, Michelle Pfeiffer. Like it's just ridiculous the people that he gets to work with. Yeah, so. She's had a pretty prolific career that's, well, it's gone on for decades, really. So, yeah, she's she's a pretty impressive lady. She's brilliant. And she's so good in this episode. She is. She's really good fun. I think you can tell that she was genuinely game to just kind of get on and do whatever it was that they wanted to do. And I also love that this is the first episode, I feel like, where they've really leaned into, like, the host's politics as well, which I thought was quite fun. <laughs> Yeah. Do you think do you think Candace Bergen was a feminist? <laughs> I, I think she was as much as a feminist as uh, Ruth Buzzy was acrobatic. Uh. I think like <laughs> 
when she walked out in the women's lib t-shirt, I was like, I feel we're putting a hat on a hat here. Like, it just... <laughs> no, you needed to know, Lewis. You needed to make it absolutely 100% clear that this is this. <laughs> She's in women's lib, damn it. It's 1977, will. baby. <laughs> Oh, God, I feel like I was watching Mrs. America. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think we should uh, dive into this episode because it is a bit of a gem. After the opening titles, we get, again, a little slight subversion of our, what we sort of come to look at as regular features or aspects of a Muppet Show episode, Kermit's introduction. We get Miss Piggy interrupting and insisting on getting to do the first number. And I love this idea that Miss Piggy and Candace Bergen have immediately decided to unionise together. <laughs> like, rather than uh, Miss Piggy sort of finding Candace a threat, they were like, together we're stronger and more powerful. It's like when the Friends cast renegotiated their salaries together because they're like, they can't fire all of us. <laughs> they wanted their million dollars an episode, damn it. <laughs> and they deserved it. <laughs> Probably not by the end. <laughs> this was the only time that we saw Statler and Waldorf this episode with Kermit, you know, making the, oh, we're not chauvinist pigs here, which leads to Miss Piggy coming out. Because mm. obviously as soon as someone mentions the word pig at this point, Miss Piggy is like, what's going on? <laughs> what's, yeah. like, where am I needed? <laughs> um, and then obviously we did still have the Statler and Waldorf button at the end. Which I did see this week because I watched it all the way to the end. Well done, Lewis. <laughs> thank you. And thank you to the button on uh, Disney Plus that allows you to skip the credits. <laughs> But yeah, Miss Piggy coming out and demanding that she was going to have the opening number, it was it was a nice twist. And I felt like it did, it kind of gave the start an energy, which I felt mm. like was then sustained throughout the rest of the episode. I don't know how you both felt, but I felt like this episode did have a bit of a zip to it. We seem to be pacing through it at a really nice clip. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I agree, Jade. I even kind of noticed for the fact that it seemed a lot more colourful, mm-hmm. a lot more bright. Like, even when we went backstage, there seemed to be a lot more props. It was a bit more jazzed up. It seemed like all the hues and all the colours. And it just seemed really, like like you say, it kind of zipped along. Mm. But then I think, like, all the sets almost seemed a bit more refreshed and a bit more refined. It had definitely had, like, a brighter vibe to it yeah. and a vibrancy i also just want to shout out some of miss piggy's lines in the uh opening part with kermit there never mind that jazz listen turkey <laughs> i was like <laughs> i liked it when she called him flipper face yeah like, oh my god she was amazing <laughs> it was very funny <laughs> is that also the first time that we've heard her use kissy kissy because i don't feel like we've I mean, we, we might have heard her say it before, but I really noticed that, you know, when she got her own way and she went off and she was like, kissy, kissy. <laughs> it was yeah. like, it was so I th- piggy. I think you're right. I think it was. But it yeah, it was great. Again, you can just so clearly see that that shift from like, obviously the audience have responded to Piggy as a mm. character. And now they're like, get her in every episode. <laughs> like They're like, get her in, get her in. What did you make of them really leaning into the Ms. Bergen? Because I wondered, I mean, I'm guessing that obviously was sort of that like sense of woman's lib and, and women wanting to go by Ms. as opposed to Mrs. or Miss. But I was a bit ambivalent about whether they were doing it in a, just in a sort of cheeky, playful way or whether it was a little bit of a, jab at oh this is a this is a new term that we're that we're still coming to you know i 
terms with. I think you're right. It sort of reminded me of like uh, when people do the sort of the pronouns kind of yes. acknowledgement slash yeah. joke now where it's sort of like, yeah. I'm doing it, but look how like, or the, when the person's sort of making the joke about it being like, oh, look how liberal I'm being by saying mm. he, him. Like, and it's a bit yeah. like, eh, okay. It's not harmless, but it it's lazy and it's a bit, well, I guess it's also just sort of having your cake and eating it because you're you're acknowledging Candace Bergen goes by Ms. Okay, I'm going to use that. Mm. But then it's also sort of playing to the slightly more conservative crowd with a wink of like, oh, I'm using it, but ha ha. Like you said, isn't it quite funny how performatively liberal I'm being? Wink, wink, Ms. Yeah, I don't know. I, it didn't... <sighs> It didn't sit 100% in the way that I guess her first number where she was becoming, you know, clearly more and more agitated. And then you did have the final reveal of the woman's lib t-shirt. That felt much more just sort of like, oh, this is just a send up and is totally fine. This seemed to have slight undertones of something else going on. Yeah, I wonder what Kermit's feminist uh, sort of leanings <laughs> are. Like, what wave is he as a... As a <laughs> As a feminist, you know, he must be fairly intersectional considering the wide variety of uh, creatures that he associates himself with, which is always good in a liberal movement. But the fact that he, you know, decides to make jokes about, uh, you know, titles, I don't know. It's probably just like somewhere between second and third wave. (laughs) Yeah, he's not quite got to third wave yet. Yeah. Whereas Miss Piggy is a liberated pig, as we know. What did you uh, both think of Miss Piggy's first number? I really liked it. I thought it was amazing. The fact that we had like the opening shot of like Piggy on the um, <laughs> chaise long in her like <laughs> silk dress with her like swooning and like falling along. And then she kind of started. And then obviously the three whatnots appeared as her like chorus. And then she's kind of getting really in it and really kind of like dramatic. And like, I loved her like whole kind of like demeanor throughout the song. And then it was really funny as it kind of went along that, well, not only were the whatnots slowly changing into like monsters, because obviously at the end they've all got the fangs and everything, but then how we get like typical piggy as well, because when they start crowding her or like taking the limelight, she's starting to like push them out of the way and then like run and then like try and get back on stage. And um, I just thought it was really fun. It was really, like, colourful. I just thought it really, like, showed off um, Miss Piggy's personality. I, I really enjoyed it, actually, as an opening opening song. It was just nice to get something quite light and something that was, like, really starting to show her character. I, I really enjoyed it as well. I thought it was fun to see one of the leading Muppets in the opening number because mm. I feel like quite a few recently have been you know, kind of maybe not Lewis's favourite off-the-rack Muppets, but they've been sort of... They've been basically Muppets that have clearly been designed to do that particular number. And, the B-team and Muppets. Nu- yeah, B-team's <laughs> B a good term, and I yeah. like that B-team, the, the, um, the reserve Muppets. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I thought this was this was really fun to see Piggy. And yeah, the I I sort of was a bit with the song... Um, it's called What Now My Love and it's actually based on a French song and I thought like the song was quite sort of dramatic but I actually felt like they played with that really well as it kind of built and the little whatnots became more monstery and obviously Piggy's reactions crescendoed with her eventually I loved at the end when she when they do that kind of like 
Muppety run. I don't even know how else to sort of describe it, but they're like wobbling all over the place and they're just so frantic. And she seemed genuinely terrified that these monsters were not only stealing her limelight, but also genuinely going to come after her. Like it was, it was very funny. Um, and I also found out that this was actually the first solo that Piggy had as Frank Oz that had been shown. So when it was Temptation, that was Richard Hunt. And then the other solo that we saw was the UK spot. So obviously the American audiences wouldn't have seen this or wouldn't have seen that. So this this is actually Piggy's first proper, proper Frank Oz solo on the show, which, yeah. But I think it's it's worthy of of Piggy. Well, I'm going to slightly disagree with you both. I didn't love this. I feel like Piggy deserves more. I feel like Piggy doesn't need a shtick in her numbers to make it worthy of being a sketch on The Muppet Show. I was like, Piggy is good enough on her own. She doesn't need to be being chased by three whatnots (laughs) to make this sketch funny. Like, let Piggy be Piggy and that's funny. I don't know. I just... I felt like it had had a concept just pushed onto it. I would have preferred, even if it had just been Piggy and the Whatnots performing, and as she performs, just more and more Whatnots come onto the stage, and she's slowly being pushed to the back. I didn't need her being chased by slowly more aggressive Muppets. (laughs) (laughs) It just, yeah, it just, it didn't 100% work for me. I do agree, though, the first shot of Piggy reclining on a chaise lounge uh, with her arms back and some odd choice of tights for the dress she was wearing. I'm not going to lie. I think they are just Piggy's tights, though, because I think that's what she was wearing when she sang with Bruce. So I think that's just the tights that are on the Muppet at the moment. I think I prefer a bare leg on Piggy. <laughs> I <No>. think <laughs> she looks much better whenever she has a shot where she pr- brings a leg up and she has a heel on. I just, I feel like some, that's a more uh, a s- sleek look for, for Ms. Piggy. I thought it was all right. I wasn't in love with it. I expect so much of Miss Piggy, so I don't... <laughs> <laughs> the, the interplay with the whatnots really reminded me of, like when Connie Stevens was performing with the mutations and they were obviously sort of crowding her and pushing Mm. her out. You could also argue that Sandy Duncan's with her ragtag group of (laughs) Muppets in the, in the biker bar kind of maybe a little bit similar. And I don't know, I guess that felt very in keeping with like, Oh, Piggy's being treated as like a, as a proper star now Mm. and she's having to deal with the whatnots or the mutations or whatever i suppose it just felt in keeping with how the season so far has played with its female performers which i suppose was why i thought it kind of worked because it just seemed to be in that same vein i'm sure going forward she won't necessarily be being chased by (laughs) muppets around the screen as she's trying to sing she'd better not Did either of you have a slight kind of meta eye roll reaction when you realised that we were going to have a running gag, running gag backstage? <laughs> I was like, it's like they're listening to us 45 <laughs> years ago. I know, it was really bizarre. I was like, what's happening? <laughs> a running gag gag. I just, I was, <laughs> the, the snake has eaten itself. It's, it's eaten its own tail now. 
I really enjoyed this though. Like of all of the actual running gags that we've had as the backstage bit, every time we cut to it, it was pretty short and sweet. And also obviously you could see what was coming every time. But Fozzy was just having so much fun with it. I don't know. There was something quite sweet and lovely about it. I agree. I Although it did initially make me go, oh God, no. <laughs> <laughs> I did find it very charming. And I think it might be because Fozzy wasn't being a sad sack. It's yeah, it's Fozzy being lame, but he's enjoying it. And other people seem to be enjoying it with him. It's not just Fozzy standing on stage being abused by two elderly, elderly <laughs> men from a box. It's Fozzy like in his own little world where he's happy with the caliber of comedy that he is producing. <laughs> I, I thought it was very, very sweet. And um, yeah, I, I, did, I did like it, despite my initial reaction to its concept. I think there was also something about Kermit kind of enjoying it as well, because like the, the one with the letter where he then tried it on Scooter, he kind of brushed Fuzzy off. And then under his breath, he was like, oh, it's actually a pretty good joke. And then was like, oh, I'm going to try it myself. And again, that interplay between Kermit and Fuzzy I'm not saying this had like a whole ton of character development in it because it clearly didn't, but there was something in just their interactions that Kermit seemed to be a bit more like the Kermit we know rather Mm. than just like, oh, I'm the boss and I'm angry at you. Why aren't you delivering Fuzzy? You know, it was more just like, oh, we're going to have some fun and then I'm going to pie you at the end. (laughs) Like, great. Okay. (laughs) We also now seem to be having a multi-episode runner where a character will comment, cute cute gag or cute cute bit yeah yeah i noticed that as well i wonder if that was something that somebody had said offhandedly in a a writer's room or in rehearsal and somebody put it in as a joke and just kept bringing it back because it seems such a sort of specific little thing to decide to uh to run with i wondered if it might be something like that it also breaks the fourth wall which i think i don't know how much there kind of was of that in the initial episodes that we watched. I think there were sort of moments of it. Mm. But but obviously this is a bit more pointed and a bit more like, oh, I know you're out there watching. It's an odd one, isn't it, when you think about the fourth wall breaking in The Muppet Show? Because obviously there are like direct-to-camera addresses where mm. when it's on stage, the context is Kermit or whoever is speaking to the audience within the Muppet Theatre. But then we go backstage and Kermit may turn to camera or Fozzy or someone. And I'm always sort of like, are the audience in the Muppet Theatre also seeing this? Do you know what I mean? Like, uh, yeah. <laughs> but they can't be. But then also there's a canned laughter in it as well. So it's the canned laughter the audience in the theatre or is it people outside of the world? It's a real minefield and I'm quite hungover. So <laughs> again, Kelsey Breeze. Yeah, no, it is it is it's weird. And I think it's as the season develops, it'll be interesting to see how they play with it and how that kind of develops. Mm. Because I guess also as the show became more popular, it wouldn't be surprised if there were little bits like this that become running gags throughout the season rather than just specific episodes Mm. um so it'll be it'll be fun to see what they are and especially if they are breaking that fourth wall how did you both feel about candice bergen's first number put another log on the fire because i the first thing that i wrote down was what is that muppet and then this is in all capital letters the legs because I was completely <laughs> freaked out by who I later discovered is called 
the hillbilly singer. That's his name. No, no more, no less. But his legs, I honestly, I, I was, I was freaking, freaking out over those. I know, Jade. I was kind of looking at it and I was trying to work out. I was like, is this a bit like human? Is this yeah. completely puppet? Is there someone in the chair? What is happening? <laughs> Why is his leg so long? I did exactly the same. I was like, legs so long. Why? <laughs> They're so lifeless as well. I mean, they were just yeah. like completely just like stuffed. Like, they yeah. looked like, I don't know, like a Guy Fawkes kind of situation or something, didn't it? It was horrible. I think this is now the most upsetting Muppet Man we have had so far <laughs> in our right. ranking of creepy Muppet right. Men. Yeah. This one was freaky. The combination of the bizarre proportions, mm. the fact that he was also like a hillbilly, like <laughs> <laughs> his face was upsetting. I didn't know if a man was in there. Could he stand of his own volition? Could he get me? I don't know. <laughs> I don't like it. Very upsetting Muppet Man. But a very fun sketch. Lesser breaking the fourth wall and more smashing the glass ceiling. <laughs> oh. Lewis has got his suffragette sash on. <laughs> Cast off the shackles of yesterday. <laughs> Oh my god, Lewis, you would be perfect to play Mrs. Banks in a revival. <laughs> I would be perfect to be Mrs. Banks. Where was my call for Mary Poppins Returns? <laughs> you got to get in there with Lynn. <laughs> <laughs> it's not 2015 anymore. I don't, have, I don't want to be friends with Lin-Manuel Miranda. <laughs> The looks of contempt that Candace Bergen was throwing Hill Billy Muffin yes. are screaming for a gif. I don't know if we have, do we have the technology to make oh, gifs? Oh, we can try, we can try. I'm looking at you, Jay, because I don't think it's Emma. So. <laughs> I was going to say, it's not me. <laughs> we can, I can, I can see if I can make it work. <laughs> Godspeed, Jade. I was the same, Lewis. I, I was cracked up at how much she the hate coming out of her eye was just like it was pure and I mean maybe she felt the same way about the creepy Muppet that we did as well she was just like not only do I hate you because you're telling me to put another log on the fire but I also hate you because you are creepy as hell and I'm gonna have nightmares tonight (laughs) I thought she did a really good job of to begin with the kind of scurrying around and doing everything and also it's just really funny to see her in that like little house on the prairie number oh, i know Puritan, yeah. <laughs> but then when she when she started obviously standing up for herself a little bit and and shooting him these looks it i, I don't know she just played it perfectly there was enough humor in it but also there was a very serious like yeah I hate you like I just hate you I mean when she kind of like pulled out the gun I was like what's going to happen here because I thought are we gonna have like another 1970s explosion and he's gonna like blow up because she had serious intent in her eyes she did and then she like swung round and like shot the door slash tire and walked out but for like two seconds I was like Oh my god, are they actually going to blow, like, creepy hillbilly Muppet up? I don't know what's going on. (laughs) He had it coming. Yeah, he had it coming. (laughs) It definitely had that vibe. (laughs) I I loved this sketch. I thought it was hilarious. And it's all thanks to Candice Bergen, because if it had been down to Muppet Man, this would be right at the bottom. The women's lib t-shirt. It was so 70s. I couldn't believe it. I think it was even a bit tie-dye as well. It was, it was tie-dye. 
<laughs> it was also the fact that she came out of that room with her hair then perfectly feathered Ugh. as well. So she had this like amazing 70s glam. I felt like she almost looked a bit like Wonder Woman-y. And then with the t-shirt on, uh, you know, you just felt like she was just going to be like, I'm just going to go and lasso something, ladies. <laughs> like... <laughs> It's just great. Charlie's Angels, just full on. Yes. <laughs> like she's going to go meet Jacqueline Smith in the parking lot and go solve some crimes. It was full on 70s woman's lib. Just great. It was just great fun. That's what's going to happen if you give the women the rights. They're going to get a gun and leave the house. And also maybe the first sketch we've genuinely enjoyed with the jug band, I think. Possibly. Were they in it? They were in the window. Yeah, they were in the window. I was too enamoured with Candice Bergen to be looking <laughs> at any other side details, I'm afraid. <laughs> I, all eyes on Candice. They were at the window, Lewis. <laughs> okay, well, alright. I did watch the episode, I promise. <laughs> you sure you didn't just find that gif that you want me to make? <laughs> <laughs> I skimmed. I skimmed my way through. So after the end of Candace's number, we do go backstage for another running gag gag. I don't think there's much more we can say <laughs> on that matter beyond. Thanks for acknowledging us, 1977 Muppet Show, <laughs> in your response to fans. And then we go to our favourite dancing location, the ballroom. Although I did enjoy whoever that green character was who popped up right at the beginning. Who the heck was that? I don't know who that was. But also, did you both notice it had different music this week? It wasn't our yes. usual music. It wasn't a... <laughs> it was like a tango-y kind of thing, I think. I, I mean, I don't watch the very famous dancing show, so I can't speak 100% to them. <laughs> no, it was more of a tango, as, as Strictly Come Dancing aficionados in our house. <laughs> the Chandlers are a Strictly family. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, I, like, I mean, uh, I don't know, the whole, I didn't love the whole thing. I don't think I laughed once. But the little, like, green aardvark thing, I assume that's what it was kind of meant to be. He was fluffy and cute. He, I'm not surprised he was the teacher's pet. I think this might be my weekly, uh, that's the Muppet I wish to touch this week. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if we need to make it a new feature. <laughs> we can add it to the list. <laughs> it, yeah, it just looked very, looked very like almost cashmere, you know what I mean? Or, or some sort of uh, very soft wool. I just really wanted to run my hands along his long nose. <laughs> Emma, what did you make of the ballroom this week? Yeah, I mean, that bit was quite cute and funny. And then, oh God, then we when we got to George and Mildred and he was like, I'm going to pop the question. <laughs> Another balloon came on and exploded. <laughs> like, what's the deal with that? I was waiting for like, okay, so what is going to be the embodiment of the question that they're going to pop? And it was literally just yeah. a man with a balloon the head with a question mark, mark on his head. <laughs> It felt very last minute, to be honest. I'm surprised it wasn't done in some cheap Sharpie marker. <laughs> We've got two minutes and we need one more joke at the end. Quick. Yeah, I just... I don't know. We're, we're, look, the, the main thing is what? We're on episode 15. We are on the final stretch of ballroom sketches now, okay? So just... Do you promise <laughs> that they never, they never come back? Look, that's as... as far as I know, they never come back after the end of this season. So let's just, let's just hope 
pray, keep doing your your sort of breathing exercises. The manifestation, yeah, exactly. manifesting, yeah. <laughs> it will happen, Lewis. They will disappear. I'm going to secret the ballroom sketches away. <laughs> yeah. Oh God, I just. The other thing that I noticed with this one, though, was that we had the little green aardvark Muppet. And then there was also a cute little girl pig Muppet, who I thought was quite sweet. I don't remember seeing either of those before. So I was like, I was like, oh, have they, are these Muppets that we're going to see again in the future? I hope so. I hope they weren't just made for the ballroom sketch, because that's just a waste. You never know with the show. I mean, you see a sentient banana one week that you assume you'll never see again and then they become a recurring character for it seems two more episodes <laughs> they get more screen time than gonzo yeah. <laughs> poor gonzo i think it might be time for us to raise the intellectual uh level of our program and move on to the panel show discussion and this week's topic does travel broaden the mind Clara Cartwell, <laughs> a travel agent who dresses like an explorer from the Victorian times. It's hilarious. <laughs> slash Catherine Hepburn in The African Queen. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I loved the panel show this week. It was so weird, but I really, really enjoyed it. And again, Candace delivering it so well right from her first gag where it's what is it travel for fifty dollars a day but the book is five thousand dollars that's great i loved it i thought it was an interesting mix of muppets on the panel a real grab bag well it was a grab bag but also sometimes it doesn't make any kind of sense at all but like i thought like the interplay between mildred and piggy was was genuinely quite funny, even though it mainly revolved around pig and broad jokes yeah. and things. But then having Sam the Eagle back, like, I loved his interplay with Clara again. Like, he is loving these female panel show discussion guests. Like, he is all over them. Like, this is this is Sam the Eagle's, like, big Saturday night out, I think. Aww. Like, he's just... Just loving it. <laughs> but I like that he doesn't shift too far into lascivious. He's always still somewhat honourable, but a bit flustered mm-hmm. by the attention, but also enjoys it. It's it's nice. It's a good, good response from a male Muppet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, totally. He's like, he's still... He's still being morally upstanding. He doesn't want to show Wayne and Wander up at the end of the day, does he? No. <laughs> Who didn't make an appearance at all for the first time this week. Not even a mention. Nary a whisper. (laughs) Who else would like to order a swarthy Italian man in a bowl? Because ladies, I know that's what I'd like to have for lunch. (laughs) Doing my Kim Cattrall there. (laughs) That was very good. And I also, I enjoyed the fact that that was such a... I don't, well, I don't know. What do you think? Do you think you could make a Marcello Mastriani joke these days? I don't think you probably could. Like, you wouldn't, you certainly wouldn't expect him to be top of people's, like, oh, I know exactly who you're talking about list. Who is that? Marcello Mastriani. Yeah. I mean, like, eight and a half, Le Dolce Vita. Oh, cool. I was, that's, I didn't realise, I didn't. You didn't know who it was. I don't know his name. I've seen Eight and a Half. I watched it very recently, actually. And I really enjoyed it, but I don't know who the actors' names are. <laughs> Look, I know Fellini, and that's it. Do you know what I mean? I dropped that in the conversation. I feel intellectual. I'm not 
going through the IMDb credits, you know what I mean? I mean, he's incredibly famous, Lewis, but yeah, sure. <laughs> Ooh, Jade, if I'm going to be paying attention to anybody in a film from 1940, 50, 60, it's going to be the female leads, okay? I'm not here. I'm not here to learn men's names. I'm not here for a best actor race. I'm here for actresses and supporting actresses. <laughs> Good lord. So you don't want a swarthy, uh, good-looking Italian man in your soup then, Lewis? <laughs> Just because I don't know his name. <laughs> Names aren't important, Jade. <laughs> God. <laughs> Sorry, Emma. <laughs> Yeesh. <laughs> oh, dear. Let's move on. Uh, no, the, uh... I want, no, no, I will move on from the Italian man. <laughs> But I realised we didn't acknowledge Piggy's introduction on the panel show was Chantreuse and Black Belt Holder. I know. It was so good. I love it. so. That was so good. It was. How majestic to be described in such a way. (laughs) I did also really enjoy Sam the Eagle apologising for the weirdos. (laughs) It's just like... So <laughs> he's so sad to be there. Why is he there? Like, why is why does he hang out with the Muppets? I don't get it. It's like Emma apologising for me at any large gathering. <laughs> <laughs> I also quite enjoyed the wordplay in this with the bold eagles and wearing a rug and everything. Yeah, it felt you know typical kind of Muppet wordplay, but. Not in a kind of eye-rolling way, in a way that was just like, oh, this is quite a fun a fun thing to riff off. And then also led to that kind of spark of Clara and Sam the Eagle apparently about to go out on a date afterwards. <laughs> They're going to go hop on the African Queen and go, <laughs> go down the river. Oh, can you imagine that as a movie? <laughs> <laughs> Catherine Hepburn and Sam the Eagle in the African Queen. That would be pretty great. <laughs> Yeah, I would definitely watch that. (laughs) (laughs) We need to make it happen. (laughs) Uh, Well, Emma, Catherine Hepburn's dead, so I don't know. (laughs) True, but they could do, they're doing all those like weird hologram things now, aren't they? So, Emma, I don't think there's anybody who would less want to be made into a hologram than (laughs) Catherine Hepburn. (laughs) True, true. (laughs) I don't know why I'm here being presented to you in 2D. (laughs) What the hell is a Muppet? Who does a good Hepburn? Me! I do a good Hepburn. Yeah, I know, Lewis, but I mean, you can you can play Mrs. Banks. I don't know if you can play Catherine Hepburn. I can play Catherine Hepburn. What about Kate Blanchett? <laughs> well, yes, obviously, Kate Blanchett, Emma. She won a frickin' Oscar for it. <laughs> <laughs> so we're doing Kate Blanchett as Catherine Hepburn and Sam the Eagle. <laughs> In a remake of The African Queen. <laughs> remake of The African Queen. Yeah, that's going to win all the Oscars. It's going to be mean, great. I basically <laughs> assume that's whatever this Disney Jungle Cruise movie is going to be. <laughs> <laughs> Emily Blunt and Jack Whitehall. And who's the other person? Is it The Rock? Yeah, The Rock. Jack Whitehall? Yeah. Yeah, Jack Whitehall's turning no. up as her gay brother. I'm livid. <laughs> Des- what? Are you serious? Jack Are you Whitehall. serious? I'm being completely yeah. serious. Why why do they keep casting these men as gay like just You tell stop me, it. Jade, because I don't stop know. It. Oh, I did not know that. I like that. Didn't even get to look at the sides, Jade. Didn't even see the sides. <laughs> Wasn't even allowed to put myself on tape. <laughs> this is 
just ridiculous. I'm oh, I'm very disappointed. The closest I'm getting to the Jungle Cruise is being the skipper on the actual ride. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe just going on the ride. <laughs> oh right, <laughs> Jesus, Jade. <laughs> It's not like it's not like Jungle Cruise Skipper is exactly like you know a high mountain to climb. At least give me that. Don't just make me Jungle Cruise ride participant. <laughs> I'm sorry, Lewis. I didn't know you were actively seeking to become a Jungle Cruise Skipper. I mean, if that is where your ambitions lie, of course I support you 100. percent Jade, you know I'm still upset about the great movie ride having closed before I had the opportunity to be. <laughs> The driver slash tour guide on that fantastic, <laughs> fantastic experience. <laughs> you get to talk to an animatronic mannequin of Margaret Hamilton as the Wicked Witch. <laughs> Where's that gone? That's the question, Lewis, because you might be able to get your hands on that. I mean, you can oh just do God. that every day. <laughs> <laughs> just leave it going. <laughs> just get- Put it in the front room and give Paul Peter like a scare every like 20 seconds. Please don't turn on the Margaret Hamilton mannequin again. <laughs> it has plants. I have all of the animatronics from the great movie right. <laughs> I've got like that really janky looking Mary Poppins just like going up and down that chimney. <laughs> And the xenomorph just like hanging down. Why did that ride have both Mary Poppins and the alien from Alien in it? It's such a strange thing. Oh god! <laughs> and like the sixty uh, carousel Bugsy. Oh, I know, I can't say it. Busby Berkeley. Busby does. Berkeley. <laughs> Bugs- We're back to Busby. Babsy Bugsy. Boobsy Bugsy. Right, we've gone. We've gone way off now. I think <laughs> we've gone way off. But I do genuinely have visions of you when you, of course, make it and have oodles of cash to spend on whatever you want. I do think a wing of your mansion is going to be a recreation of the Great Movie Ride <laughs> with just all of the animatronics, and you just walk through talking to all of them. Like I'm getting, I'm getting serious. Do you know like... what's going to happen, Jade? We're going to turn up at his house, and we're going to be made to go on the ride every time. <laughs> That's going to be the entrance to the house, Emma. That's how you have to go through it to get to dinner or whatever. It is, <laughs> yeah. whatever Dinner's ready. Is please throwing. enter the vehicle. <laughs> <laughs> oh. I had them ship the track from Orlando. <laughs> <laughs> You'll be like <laughs> the great movie ride a la like um, Howard Hughes, you know, like it won't be. Oh, what you'd be driving called? past jars of urine like what <laughs> like his um oh my god what's the name of the house i've bloody been what's it called xanadu no that's citizen kane that's in that's the name of it in citizen kane oh, oh it's oh no not how would you how would it's hearst castle am i saying the wrong hearst castle is um william hearst randolph hearst isn't it i've said the wrong yes, name because howard worry. hughes is the jars of pierce the aviator <laughs> <laughs> Just getting very. Confused. And now we've come back to Kate Blanchett as Catherine Hepburn. I think we've that's gone why I was full circle, and this is where we we've must finish the circle because otherwise we'll be here forever. And this is not a Disneyland podcast. This is a Muppet <laughs> Show podcast. <laughs> I enjoyed the UK spot this week. I thought that was adorable. Me too. I really loved the UK spot. Like this is what I want from the UK spot. Rolf singing a song which was called. 
it's not where you start, it's where you finish, which was just good fun, basically. But to have it be then turned into like a bit of a, a bit mm. of a sketch and a bit of silliness, not just Rolf playing the piano for either him or someone else to sing along to. I love that he kept having to up the tempo and like he was giving these ridiculously short lengths of time to try and do the song in. It was really fun and I felt like he... Jim Henson and Rolf was really playing on it and he sort of said at one point like how am I doing and he was really like I don't know Rolf as ever was just super into it but it was fun it was a fun couple of minutes to watch him do it it's not where you start it's where you finish and I'm gonna finish Rolf hey Rolf listen Kermit says you sang the song too quick you're gonna have to sing it again but you only have a minute okay Right. Here we go. It's not where you start, it's where you finish. It's not how you go, it's how you land. A hundred to one shot, they call him a klutz. Can't outrun the favorite, all he needs is the guts. How am I doing? The final return will not diminish. And you can be the cream of the crop. It's not where you start, it's where you finish. And I'm gonna finish Hey, off. Ralph, Ralph, listen, it's my uncle's favorite song. He says he'd like to hear it one more time, but you only have 20 seconds. All right, hit it! It's not where you start, it's where you finish. It was a real joy. I know I've already given my Muppet Touch award, but I... Rolf's ears. I'd never noticed them so much and they were flicking around so much. Peter and I were so enamoured by it. I really enjoyed this UK spot and I just thought that Rolf was amazing. As you both know, Rolf is my favourite. And um, I just thought it was really clever. And like you said, Jade, the faster it got, like his dexterity, his movement, his like, you know, you could see he was getting harassed. He was playing quicker. It was just (laughs) like really amazing. And then when he like slammed down the like the key cover at the end and was like, oof. It was just, it was really, really good. He seemed really out of breath at the end as well. Like, he was really, like, panting. <laughs> I was like, oh, Rolf, calm down, it's okay. Like, Rolf's you did a it. big boy. Like, he, <laughs> he's, you know, he's, that's going to take a lot of exertion. <laughs> I also really loved the vibe between Candice and Kermit in this next sketch, taking the photos. Mm. I don't think we've seen this side of Kermit very much before. Yeah, kind of like a little a little proud, a little, I don't want to say vain, but... Yeah, know, a little bit. Aware of his classic good looks. I had the vibe <laughs> of like, basically when you take pictures of me as well. <laughs> she was oh, like, look yeah. natural, Kermit. <laughs> it's, it's, it's whenever I come home for basically Christmas or a somebody's birthday and because we're all wearing nice clothes emma usually takes the opportunity to be like lewis i do need you to get a picture of me at some point <laughs> like, right let's do this okay emma smile no smile properly <laughs> smile with your teeth tell your eyes do something with your arms put that arm there stand how i showed you <laughs> pretty much <laughs> but we always get the result you do <laughs> It was really cute. I just felt like it was different than just like a normal talk spot segment Mm. or even some of the segments we've seen backstage with the guests. Like there was, I don't know, I guess it felt almost maybe a bit more like something that would happen in a Muppet movie or something rather than like it being just like a Muppet show sketch. Because I don't know, there was just something different about the humour that you were playing. Like you said, Lewis, you were sort of playing on Kermit being a a bit vain and a bit kind of like 
I don't want to look candid. I want to look like, you know, like a Greek god. Yeah, like we, I'm coming yeah, the Yeah, which frog. is my good side. Although this side yeah. is also good. I did agree that the second side looked better. He looked better looking to the right than to the left. But that's all about lighting. <laughs> uh, I Yeah, it had... And it was a nice variation on the talk spot. Again, they seem mm. to be playing with these regular features and finding new ways yeah. to play with them. And not just the chat spot, but... The UK spot, rather than it just being a Rolf Sings, it's Rolf Sings, oh, but there's a time limit, and Piggy turning up in the show introduction. It feels like they're pulling at the sort of confines that they've put themselves in and finding yeah, humour. Yeah, I feel like it feels like they've sort of gone, okay, we've got the building blocks of the show now, and we're, we're comfortable with them, we know how it's supposed to work. Now we're going to start playing with them and actually the humor is going to come as much as anything from the audience's expectations being tested and pulled mm. a little bit i found it very funny how candace said kermit he ate my camera <laughs> she seemed so sad she seemed so sad about that but like the part of that sketch that i didn't enjoy so much was just sweetums turning up to eat the camera which actually feels a lot more kind of traditional muppet chaos I was just like, I don't know if I needed that yeah. in this. Like, yeah. I was perfectly happy just watching Candace and Kermit do a photo shoot. Yeah, I was going to say, I, I kind of felt the same, Jade. I thought it yeah. would have been quite funny if they kept going and then almost, like, Miss Piggy arrives, surveys what's going on and is a bit like, wait, what? Why is he posing? Like, I want it. Get out the way. I thought that would would have been quite a funny, like, no, take pictures of me. And she's, like, going in front of Kermit and trying to push mm-hmm. him out of the way. And I think that would have been a bit more fun. Yeah, they're kind of like... Sweetums just walking on and doing his bit where he either eats someone or carries someone off, you know, off stage. It wasn't needed. It could have developed in a slightly different way. I guess, but I really did love the way that Candace said, Kermit, he hate my camera. Like, <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah, I enjoyed the way she said that, but I, there was something that didn't quite click in the way that it was done. I think like the way she showed him she was sort of like talking about all the technical aspects of the camera and then he literally just took it and ate it and I don't know like it felt like it was missing a beat or it was missing it was missing something for me Mm. like it because I did enjoy that punchline of Kermit he ate my camera like that was she delivered that amazingly but there was something in that build-up that didn't feel quite right and yeah, I just, I was genuinely a bit disappointed when Sweetums turned up. I was like, oh, that's the end of the photo shoot then. Like, we're, we're pivoting to something else. Mm. But it was nice to see them not just in talk spot corner having a natter. Yeah, just, you know, Candice on the floor, like the camera. Yeah. <laughs> there was quite a few sort of very adoring shots of Candice Bergen during this episode. Some of the cameramen were definitely sort of like, let's make this one a close-up. <laughs> like... <laughs> Like, I'm definitely putting my newspaper down and paying attention. <laughs> yeah, they're not just having a fag while Charles Aznavour sings a song. <laughs> <laughs> or Harvey Corman runs around looking in like a, a chicken suit. <laughs> ringmaster. Yeah, or in a chicken suit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, funny, funny that they didn't put Candace Bergen in a chicken suit. <laughs> no, she was very boho chic. Oh, we'll get to it. But that that final outfit she was wearing with the goodbyes, that red jacket, I was like, what's this? What's happening? No, that was like a dress, wasn't it? I feel like that was one of those whole kind of... I don't even know how to describe it. I don't want to... I thought it was more like an over... You know, like one of those like oversized jackets in that like really stiff material. That's what I thought. I thought it was was like like one of those... Like one of those dresses you see in the last like three seasons of Mad Men. 
You know, whenever they go to LA and they see all those weirdos. <laughs> I yeah, I do know what you mean. I I just thought it had that. I thought the structure of it was more like a an overpiece rather than just like a dress. I guess hard but... to tell in the seventies. Everything could be an overshirt, but it yes. also could be nothing. <laughs> Emma, what what did you think of this? I'm just. Curious. I don't know. I thought it might have been like a kind of a dress, just from the way because they. They quite liked, as we've seen on like previous guest outfits, a lot of like collar, a lot of like layers, a lot of material. So I do wonder if it was maybe a like a. But then again, I think it's like a poet. I can't say it, a prairie style dress, very seventies. Yes. Yeah. That's the word I was looking for. A pra- prairie. Oh my god, I'm gonna say prairie again. A prairie dress. Prairie. Prairie, prairie Emma. Yeah, just put it on the arm. <laughs> That's it. Prairie. Oh dear. Swedish Chef was back. Yay! Yay! This sounds so stupid. I did enjoy the sketch. I was so distracted that the Tabasco bottle looks exactly the same in 1977 as it does in 2020. It's called good branding. Yeah. I like I was like, oh that's that's what a bottle of Tabasco looks like. I know. I just I thought it was quite weird how we had all like that all lined up and like everything was turned round or like very like non-specific and then like you say you had the tabasco bottle there and you immediately knew what it was but no i thought it was great he's returned he's adding his hotsy totsy spicy sauce hotsy totsy and um it was just hilarious it built as like obviously the steam came out of his ears he kind of kept going tried it again and then like his hat exploded it was so weird seeing swedish chef's hair i know his head his head i know Never even conceived that he would have a head and hair under there. Like, never ever. I just assumed the hat was attached. Uh, Yeah, I thought it was like Matilda. I thought it was like fused to the fibres of his head or whatever, you know. Like, I didn't think that thing was coming off for anyone. (laughs) I loved the the spicy, spicy jammy juice. I was like, yeah, that is exactly what hot sauce is, Swedish chef. It's (laughs) spicy, spicy jammy juice. Perfect. (laughs) I also really enjoyed he was like slightly vibrating when the steam was coming out. Did you both notice that? Like he was yeah. sort of like, like really just like Yeah. It was like a kettle. Yes, it was. It was. It was cute. It was funny. Short and sweet, but much appreciated. Yes. Perfect yeah. Swedish chef. Definitely. And then it slid into my favourite part of the show, Veterinarian's <laughs> Hospital. No, no it didn't, they? Emma. Dr. Bob wasn't for another two sketches. Oh no, I'm really sorry. I've got a head. <laughs> Emma, you were so I'm too excited, excited about Dr. Bob. <laughs> Emma just can't stop talking about Dr. Bob. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, sorry. We went in to um, look at that face. Yes. Uh, with Andre, the artist, and Candice kind of sat again on probably Piggy's chaise lounge. <laughs> and um, yeah, I mean, I thought it was quite clever how... When we went to like each individual Muppet, like how their painting reflected like their personality and then obviously how they saw themselves as the image. These Muppets are all narcissists. They were just painting themselves. Yeah, I know. And then obviously like Candice was giving like eye rolls and like looks to camera and like eating the grapes and just like flaring her nose and and everything else, which I thought was quite funny. But I loved like the attention to detail though on on the paintings, like... Obviously, like Piggy, she'd done it as her, and then Gonzo had like drawn her as him. But then obviously, the Gonzo one to... was upsetting. That was an <laughs> yeah, upsetting. Yeah, it was a bit scary. When you it saw was a scary that Gonzo one to start woman. off with. 
Very alarming. Very, very. I really appreciated there was a little random blue Muppet in the far background on the bottom left from Candice. And even they were had a little painted version of themselves. I was like, oh, that's so cute. And they've turned it specifically so you could see it. It was very sweet. I liked it a lot. I thought it was very good. Is that a song from Funny Face, Emma? Um, I'm not sure. It might no, be. I couldn't, because I, I, it sounded, it reminded me a little bit of it, but then they didn't say Funny Face, so I was like, oh, it can't no. be. There wouldn't be two, <laughs> two songs in a musical called Funny Face about a face. <laughs> it's from a musical called The Roar of the Grease Paint, The Smell of the Crowd. Oh, I know that musical. Do you? I've literally never heard of it. <laughs> I've only heard of it because... They did a production of it at the university I went to. It's a it's a nice musical. What I really enjoyed about that sketch was that you had Candice as this sort of muse figure, but just essentially taking the piss with it. But then that you got each of the different like characterizations of the Muppets coming through. And also that you had a kind of random Muppet singing the song. Like it just felt like it was a really nice mix of what the Muppet show does really well. Like the guest performing mm. very nicely the muppets being their characters being themselves and then a you know just a nice song being sung alongside it but also it's still built like at the end when animal you see animals like abstract whatever that is and then when which was genuinely quite nice yes it was lovely very nice very nice um, but then when he gets to paint her and he goes and starts slopping blue paint all over candace bergen i was like i was like yes this is a lovely little bit of escalation and just and also not particularly i think because you hadn't seen animal most of the camera work you didn't see him when it was sort of panning mm. round, so you didn't really I, well, I didn't see it coming that that was how it was going to finish. No, that me either. Was going to go and blueify Candice Bergen. Like, yeah, it was just really good fun. She did so well not to break as well. Mm. I was very impressed because if Animal started attacking me <laughs> with a paintbrush, I think I would just be like, "Oh my goodness!" I know. I did. I did at one point, especially when he started like near her face. I could see her kind of being like, "Don't get paint, my <laughs> don't get paint. Like she was like trying not to f- move her face. She'd heard about the roof buzzing. Yeah, <laughs> Yeah, she heard about Ruth Buzzy and she's like, I don't want it. I don't want that. <laughs> Ruth Buzzy was in an eye patch for two weeks. <laughs> God, don't say <laughs> Okay, Emma, we can now talk about Dr. Bob. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> it's my favourite part of the show. <laughs> so yes, we go into uh, Veterinarian's Hospital and again... Love the opening shot of Miss Piggy like huffing the gas. Piggy's huffing those fumes again. <laughs> so, but I think I think last week she was. Whenever the last time that we saw her was, she was drinking. She was drinking. She? You're last right. Time yeah. She threw the glass away. So this time she is huffing. She gas, is. Which is just it's just like, classic. Great. It's, it's so funny. Perfect. But um, yeah, I thought it was a really. It was quite. A, it was a cute bit. The monster on the table um kind of reminded me of the honey monster, like his head. Yeah, definitely. And then. Just the gags were really funny. And then, obviously, when he was saying about his, like, sore stomach, and then, you know, Dr. Bob, like, hits him with a mallet. And then he's saying about his sore throat. He's like, no, 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 don't, like, hit me. And then he starts opening his mouth. And then Kermit appears. And 
And he was like, I got a frog in my throat. And I love the fact that Kermit was like, this is a cheap joke. See if this is going to get in the episode. <laughs> it was really good. I thought they all had really good interplay. It was like another kind of take on like what they do in that sketch. And um, I just thought it was really funny. Like, what what do you guys think? I really enjoyed seeing that yellow Muppet with the big mouth and the teeth because they've used him for bits and bobs even recently. He popped up in the 2011 Muppets movie. I think for just a little side gag, because he's such a strange looking creature. And I l- enjoyed uh, the sort of absurdity of having Kermit inside his mouth. It gave me very um, Oscar the Grouch vibes, mm-hmm. you know, where his dustbin is kind of TARDIS-like, where it's apparently got a swimming pool in there and all that sort of stuff. And, and Kermit sort of saying, oh, I guess you should see what it's like in here. It's uh, <laughs> I liked it. It was very, very fun. I also liked that it, was that bit meta as well with Kermit sort of saying like, hey, very funny, like, we'll see if this dumb doctor sketch gets yeah. on the show next <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like Kermit still, he's in the sketch, but he's still essentially playing Kermit, mm. the ringleader of the Muppets. It was just, again, like a twist on yeah. just Veterinarian's Hospital mm. being punny and silly and just another another level and another layer to it. I mean, because all of the veterinarians' hospital have been essentially exactly the same setup, haven't they? With but like, we love it. <laughs> a muppet on the table, and then something happening with that, and yeah, and it's just—I guess—it's one of those that's like, how creative can you be within limited confines? And they are still finding ways of making it fun. I also really love that joke at the end about the ingrowing TV show host. <laughs> like, I don't know, it's just like. Just totally absurd, but like, yeah, sure. <laughs> what is it they call it on SNL? It's like the the ten to one sketch where they're just like, it's weird. Just yeah, just put it. Just it's fine. Put it in. Just put, put it, it in. in. We'll see what happens. What have Beck and Kyle been up to this week? Yeah, just just put it in. Yeah, exactly. Like, no worries. <laughs> yeah, definitely one hundred percent that. Because then when you went back to the the proper final sketch with Gonzo and friends, yes. with Candice and everyone, like that's. Well, I don't know. Did you, I guess I thought you following conversations we've had previously on the show, it did have sort of slight Sesame Street vibes. Yeah. I think this. Felt very Sesame Street. Just before we jump into the chat about the song, I did just want to acknowledge random Richard Hunt Piggy in the last bit of the backstage sketch, which was really annoying. Well, there was a few times, wasn't there? Because I, I think it was Richard Hunt doing Piggy on the panel show. Was it? I didn't think it was. Yeah, it was, because Frank Oz was doing Sam the Eagle. Oh. See, well, that I did not clock, but I clocked it backstage. Oh, well, there we go then. Yeah, I clocked it as well on the backstage. Yeah. Well, I think, I mean, again, I don't think it'll be too much longer before we don't get Richard Hunt. But I think, obviously, at the moment, when Frank Oz is doing Sam or Fozzie, then someone else is having to do Piggy. Mm. But it's interesting, isn't it? Because obviously with Veterinarian's Hospital, Jim did the voice for both Rolf and Kermit. So it wasn't like it was completely... Impossible for them to be able to dub it or something. Yeah, exactly, Mm. exactly. Which makes it even more infuriating. But Very infuriating. Yeah, it's just... It's just one of those things, isn't it? Yes, let's go back to You've Gotta Have Friends. It was nice to see Gonzo for the first time properly in a while. Yeah, it's been ages. And I am all alone. There is no one here beside me. And my problems have all gone. There is no one to 
to me i don't know about you guys it did feel just a bit like okay we'll have candace walk on and then a bunch of muppets will join it didn't really have much of a shape to it i know what you mean the other thing that i found really odd was candace's eyes were all over the place she was wasn't she and yeah and a lot of it she didn't even seem to be particularly like enjoying herself it was only when she sort of like there was one point that she looked down at Fozzie and I guess Frank Oz did something funny that made her laugh and she sort of started to smile. And then there was... I wonder if end, she's not a confident singer. Well, yeah, and there was that too. I, I I figured she'd bring that up because her voice was not amazing. Yeah, I think it probably was just a bit, oh, okay, so I have to sing, so let's do it. And they probably convinced her by saying, it'll only just be a couple of lines and then we'll bring a bunch more Muppets mm-hmm, on. Mm-hmm. But I, I, yeah, it was the only time I saw her feel ill at ease. Yeah, she definitely, like you say, Jade, she felt quite uncomfortable. Yeah. Completely. And then like you say, I don't know what it was, but especially when sort of Fozzie and everyone came in, something definitely happened and she just relaxed a little bit. And then she kind of put mm. her, her arms around them and she just got but more into still, it. She was more into it, but she still didn't look 100% no. to me. Like if you, I mean, again, I know we're talking about people who sing for a living and you know with a lot of the other performers that we've seen on the show but you compare that to how sort of happy a lot of the other performers look when they're doing this kind of number with the Muppets you know the final uplifting or even if it's melancholic Mm. they're still they're playing to the right kind of mood for the piece I felt like this should be a hundred percent joyous and she just looked a bit sort of shifty and a bit like, I don't really know what I'm doing. And it felt a bit under-rehearsed is what I mm, thought. Yeah. It felt a bit last minute and a bit under-rehearsed, which was a shame because so much of the rest of the episode was so strong mm. that actually this just stood out by being adequate. Well, and just also, I don't quite, I don't, how short of time were they that they couldn't have just done a quick re-record on this? Like, as you said, Lewis, it was a fairly simple structure. It was all one shot. Surely it wouldn't have taken that long to just very quickly redo it with Candace looking a bit more like she actually wanted to be there. Like I just, <laughs> I, I, I don't. I was, I was quite, I was actually quite disappointed that she seemed so. I don't know, just not. Yeah, just not really a enjoying herself. In. Yeah, yeah. Though by the time we then get to the the goodbyes. She was relieved as hell that it was done at that point. She was like, <laughs> <laughs> she was like, no more singing for me. I just gotta yeah, get a. We're shooting it chronologically. Yeah, <laughs> I just gotta get a pie on me, and I'm fine. Like, yeah, she was, she was very, very charming and lovely in the goodbyes. And... I hope that cream didn't stain her bell sleeve. <laughs> don't want to get too technical but i did sort of look at the cream and i think it might have just been shaving foam i, I thought know. that as yeah. well yeah, yeah. Oh, oh that'll come out that's yeah fine. That, that'll come out no no bother no bother i did come away from I, <laughs> she seems fun i would enjoy going for a drink with candace bergen i bet she's got stories she's definitely fun just don't make her sing maybe unless you've like got several drinks and <laughs> <laughs> 
Peter and I also both remarked at the same time that she does. Young Candace Birkin looks kind of like Peter's mum, which was something. Oh, really? Yeah, it really does. <laughs> and weirdly, like Peter's mum now probably looks more like what you would expect an older Candace Bergen to look like than Candace Bergen does. <laughs> I don't know if that makes any sense. But um, yeah, he he said it was kind of uncanny, actually, at certain points, sort of like looking like his mum, but young, and also his aunt as well. But they've got very good, like, you know, that sort of wavy blonde hair, like in the exact same tone and very good, strong, like, features, uh... Yeah, well, it was like Peter and I just all came to the same realisation at the same time. Maybe they need to get on the old 23andMe or whatever it is and, like, see if they're related to some <laughs> distant, <laughs> distant cousin. Oh, my God. I think this was a really, really lovely episode and a really great, different kind of guest host appearance. So I'm very intrigued to see... Uh, what you guys are going to give it for your final ratings. But first, we must crown our weekly MVMP, our most valued Muppet performer. Emma, why don't you kick us off? Yeah, so this was a bit of a difficult one for me because I kind of wanted to give it to Miss Piggy, but then I realised I have done that quite a lot. (laughs) So I decided, just for like purely the fact that he kind of has some good joke, was really a good guest on the the panel discussion i've decided this week that i'm going to give my mv mp to sam the eagle just because i think he has a good bit of character development it's quite nice to see his interaction um with candace and he's rolling the jokes he's (laughs) loving it he's like wants to take her out he hasn't got a rug you know it's like probably quite unusual for someone in the 70s not to have a rug <laughs> well we saw it last week with um, bruce Forsyth. well yeah exactly so yeah i just thought it was really nice to see him and not just like being wayne and wanda's hype man or you know or just standing on stage and introducing something or someone so yeah i think for this week's show i'm gonna give it to sam the eagle how about you jay so i was also finding it a bit hard to pick one MVMP because I feel like actually something that's quite nice about this episode is it's quite even in the Mm. sort of distribution of which Muppets have got more or less to do and also like they're all hitting a fairly decent high level even the runner this week is pretty good you know I think we've all we all enjoyed it but off the back of that I'm giving it to Rolf because I loved mm. the UK sport. I thought it was so cute. I thought he was so good in it. And also I did really enjoy Veterinarian's Hospital. And yeah, <laughs> um, and I just, I don't know, I've given it to him, I think once before, but I just felt like if everyone else was sort of like very good, I think there was a very high standard across the Muppets this week. But yeah, the, the UK sport, the second time I watched it through, I was like, oh no, I really love this. Like, I just think it's lovely. So I think I have to have to give it up for Rolf this week. Lewis, what about you? Who's your MVMP? Oh, it's a t- it's, I think it's a tie for me between Rolf and then Green Aardvark. <laughs> <laughs> Purely because I just want to touch them both. There's, not, there's nothing more to it than that. I want to ruffle Rolf's ears and then I just want to, I don't know, hold that Green Aardvark in my hand. <laughs> just... <laughs> I'm flagging, <laughs> listeners. I'm <laughs> the, the martinis are sinking into my system, and I am plunging deeper and deeper <laughs> into That's... the the great movie ride in the sky. 
let's keep it moving right along then, Lewis. So that's uh... Footloose and Fancy Free. Oh, I got back. Second wind. Emma, what's your rating for this episode? My rating for this episode is eight G sharp frogs out of ten. Um, I think. It's a really good, strong episode. And like you said, Jade, all the Muppets are on a fairly level playing field this week and they're really hitting their characters. The songs and the sketches were really good. But there were a couple of things that kind of were a bit like, mm. uh, namely the weird like hillbilly guy in another <laughs> <Yes. laughs> Look in the Fire, which completely like put me off. And then like you say, that whole bit with Candice on the end song of Friends I just thought she was a bit uncomfortable it was a little bit dialed in it wasn't it was a shame because it was quite a sweet little song and her kind of just reaction to it wasn't great and I think she was just uncomfortable and they could have just like you say recorded it again and I think I might have given it like a nine so yeah I think just for those couple of things I'm gonna say eight out of ten this week how about you Lou? I am going to give it seven and a half rifles (laughs) out of 10 (laughs) i i did really enjoy the episode i thought candace was a really interesting game host who played sort of like against type and also into the expectations of what a uh you know a beautiful blonde woman in the 70s is expected to do uh i agree with your points emma the final song did feel a little uncomfortable which is a shame that being said peter and i since watching it have just Every 10 minutes just gone. But you gotta have friends. <laughs> just like, just, just to each other in different rooms all the time. So, yeah, I think I'm just putting it just below my my, my highest rated episodes. I think seven and a half uh, women's lib rifles <laughs> out of 10. What about you, Jade? That's just made me think of like some like NRA pink gun like i don't even know what just like i'm sure it exists like, oh, wait, i'm sure there's a pink gun for young 100% girls 100 exists unfortunately um right let's get us get us back on track here i did enjoy the episode but i think i maybe didn't love it quite as much as you both like the ballroom sketch i didn't find funny at all whereas some weeks recently there's been at least one joke in there that's been okay <laughs> a glimmer. um i also found like Although I did enjoy the runner and I felt like the episode did have a lot of energy and pace to it, which we've already talked about, I felt like the end did kind of drop off for me with You Gotta Have Friends. I felt like I just wanted a little bit more from it at certain points. Mm. So I'm going to go seven abstract animal portraits out of ten. Everything I said about like all the Muppets performing at like a really high level, I do believe that. Like I think they all they all kind of hit a consistent mark in this but like the fact that we still had Richard Hunt playing Piggy a few times the fact that like I don't know kind of missed Statler and Waldorf at points like although you could argue that they maybe would have slowed the episode down in some ways it might have been nice to have a Statler and Waldorf insert rather than one of the fuzzy runners or something yeah I I don't know I feel like it just it didn't quite hit those highest highs of like your Bruce Forsyth or your Connie Stevens I mean, seven, seven's what I gave Rita Moreno, I think. And I think that's sort of fair for me. That's mm. that's where I'm at. But yeah, I think, I mean, I do think she was a she was a good host. And it's actually a bit of a shame. Like, if she wasn't comfortable singing, I wish they hadn't made her sing. They should have done something else. 
because like the the muse sketch and put another log on the fire were were really great so they could have lent into that that sort of style a little bit more maybe Mm. yeah those were sketches were so nice because it was just something that we hadn't seen before Mm -hmm. it felt very different but I know what you mean. But we only have really a point between our lowest rating and the highest rating yeah. between the yeah, three yeah. of us. So, yeah, I think still a very solid episode. And, uh, well, who doesn't love Candice Bergen? <laughs> I think it might be time for a little bit of Muppet philosophy. Jade, what have you got for us this week? I've got a really, well, I think it's a really cute quote from Henson, which is about his relationship with nature. And how well I won't I won't spoil it <laughs> before I say it. <laughs> but uh, so this is again taken from Jim Henson, the biography by Brian J. Jones. So Henson has said, one of my happiest moments of inspiration came to me many years ago as I lay on the grass looking up into the leaves and branches of a big old tree in California. I remember feeling very much a part of everything and everyone. And then the book sort of describes. Jim was most fired up when it came to the environment. Nature with both his muse and his solace. It recharged and re-inspired him. And this is a quote again from Jim. The beauty of nature has been one of the great inspirations in my life. Growing up as an artist, I've always been in awe of the incredible beauty of every last bit of design in nature. The wonderful colour schemes of nature that always work harmoniously are particularly dazzling to me. A reminder to look up, look around, and enjoy what take some drinks to, to the park. Yes. <laughs> get, get some canned cocktails and. Uh... <laughs> but remember your factor 50. <laughs> we burn easy. Thank you so much for listening to Muppetational. If you enjoyed the episode, don't forget to subscribe rate and review as it really helps spread the word about the podcast you can follow us on social media we are at muppetsational on instagram twitter and facebook oh sorry i've got a ambulance going by it's all very dramatic <laughs> you can contact us at hi-ho at muppetspodcast.com and you can find out more about us why would you want to and the podcast at muppetspodcast.com <laughs> I made it. We're done. (laughs) That's it. Thanks so much for listening. I was the person formerly known as Lewis Chandler. I'm Jade Turner. (laughs) And I'm Emma Chandler. I promise I will not be hungover for a recording next week. (laughs) We shall see you on another episode of Muppet Sational. Bye. Bye. Our theme music is Peppy Pepe by Kevin MacLeod and our artwork is designed by Charlotte Rudge who you can follow at at charlie underscore r underscore rudge on Instagram.